I feel like because this episode or this show is like about real people who clearly have some real trauma, I definitely want to focus on like uh, kind of making fun of like what the producers are doing because I sort of feel like bad for the people that are on the show and the way that the producers are like treating their stories. <laughs> Um, some of them, I mean, there there are a few definitely funny moments um, and some stuff to talk about with the actual like people on the show, but definitely my main uh, interest is like, what the fuck is the show trying to accomplish? So that 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 was my approach as I was like taking notes. I don't know about um, what you were like focused uh, in on. I'm looking over my notes and I took a very opposite angle. Uh, <laughs> You're just like, this person is terrible. Right, most of my notes are personal attacks about the people. <laughs> uh, well, we should probably say what we're talking about, which is um, the Netflix original series Haunted. Yeah. Um, released in 2018. And I did do, did you do any research on it? Because I did a little bit of research, especially after I watched the second episode, because I was like, uh, yeah, this seems like like a crime confessional. Um, so I did a little research. Um, it's produced by the producers of The Purge and Lore. Um, so that gives you a little bit of context. Um, about who? Yes, uh, the podcast Lore. Um, but it was made into a show, like on Amazon Originals. Yeah, I know that. Uh, yeah, so, and then also there are some tweets that we can talk about when we're talking about episode two. Um, where the producers of the show address basically Reddit exploding about like, isn't this a crime that they're admitting to live on the show right now? I think I think I found the same yeah. article that you did, and I did I, I skimmed <laughs> it. But uh, if you if you have more in depth knowledge about that, that's probably helpful. Okay. Yeah. Do we just talk about the um, first episode though? Yeah, let's talk about woman in white. Sorry. Yeah, so this one was, uh, there was a guy, and as a child, he witnessed a, a gruesome murder that definitely happened, uh, and his mother decided that that murder was the last straw, among many, I guess, uh, and then they moved to another house, and then he is consistently haunted by a lady in white. No, I was just going to say, it seemed like contextually it was supposed to be like they used to live in a shitty neighborhood mm -hmm. and that uh, the murder was the last straw where they like moved into a nicer neighborhood. Right. Yeah, I, I assumed that, that it was a shitty neighborhood, but um, I am just like, how how bad was it that uh, a gruesome murder <laughs> in broad daylight was like, all right, that's enough. Uh, the last straw would have been much earlier for me personally. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's one thing that's interesting to me about this show um, and that it almost seems like the show itself isn't really even paying attention to is that it always starts the story with an extremely traumatic backstory that has often very little to do with what happens. Uh, with the haunting or the supernatural thing that happens. So, the, you know, they, they explain this because 
we were supposed to understand like, oh, they moved into a different neighborhood or like maybe why they were having trouble making ends meet in the new neighborhood. But um, yeah, they spend a good amount of time talking about how they were trapped in this diner or something. And there's like this gruesome murder happening outside. And then they show his like dark childhood drawing of the, of the gruesome murder. And I'm just like watching this and I'm like, I'm sorry. I am just trying to watch some spooky Halloween woos. And here I am like listening to this extremely traumatic experience <laughs> that this young child witnessed. Um, yeah. So that's like, that's like beat one of haunted, like episode one, first three minutes of the show, brutal true crime murder and creepy childhood drawings before we, <laughs> That's, that, that sets the tone. I'm glad you mentioned the drawing because I do have that in my notes. Uh, that was definitely not drawn by a five-year-old. That was definitely like somebody in the production staff drew that and is like, yeah, this is what a five-year-old would draw. Because I Googled oh. drawings by five-year-olds. <laughs> Nowhere near that. Either that that guy is like a child art prodigy and he's just like, I guess the ghost knocked that out of him or something, or it's not his actual drawing. And maybe the broad daylight murder didn't actually happen. And he's just full of shit. Well, and you know, this is going to come up more when we talk about episode two, but it's, this starts getting into how there's absolutely no boundaries on which you can say something is a true story. Apparently, like, apparently that means that's like a meaningless thing. We got like a Blair Witch Project situation going on here because um, if the producers were actually like fact checking these things, like they claim they do, why isn't there like a news article of this murder, like pop up on the screen or something? Right. Why is it just, there's a, just this weird, this weird drawing that he's supposed that, to. Yeah. That's the only evidence that we have that this thing had, there's, there's police reports going back to that. It was like the eighties. It wasn't that far away. <laughs> yeah. Like they could probably dig up this police report and i'm not saying the guy is lying i mean i'm sure he saw something very traumatic i'm sure this actually happened that'd be a strange thing to make up i'm saying why didn't the producers do even the like small amount of legwork to like google this you know find the find the i'm sure this is in the news this seems pretty crazy <laughs> like yeah yeah i would think that that's in the news <laughs> but maybe it's just because it's so unimportant to uh, what is the focus of the episode, which is supposed to be haunting, um, you know, so like, let's get into, into that. Right. Yeah. It, how do you, how do you think that murderer feels knowing that he's just a footnote <laughs> in this guy's life? I mean, I'm going to go with if you brutally murder someone in daylight, but naked, you're probably not doing so great. So, <laughs> you know, he's probably not, if, if he uh, still is alive, he's probably you know, not doing so great right now. So <laughs> what a life. Let's talk about the haunting. The lady in white. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. I have no notes about it because it was so unremarkable. Like it just was like, it was like watching an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark or something. <laughs> like I didn't even write anything about her. <laughs> kind of a generic haunting. Yeah. Um, I did uh, I did do a little bit of research to try to find, because like you said, like there has to be news reports for all this stuff. And I did find a woman in Anaheim who did kill her daughter and then tried to kill her other daughter, but the other daughter got away. And then she 
she didn't hang herself like they said in the the haunted show but she did stab herself in the heart wow and it was approximately the same time so maybe but i mean like try to google murder in anaheim it's it's huge so i i don't know i'm guessing but it was also a japanese woman and the i i don't know how faithfully the the producers are are gonna reflect that yeah i mean it seems like logical that like if the only way that this narrator i don't even remember his i didn't even write his name down the main, no the names are unimportant the main, main storyteller in this episode um you know, it makes sense that maybe like he only kind of heard about it, like through the grapevine, kind of like from the super. So, yeah, maybe the details like got a little messed up. But the gist of it was like, you know, maybe this, you know, did happen. You found the right article and it did happen this way. Um, but it does seem kind of I mean. Yeah, it does seem like it would be a big deal in the news um, if a, if a mom killed her two kids and then herself. Yeah, it, that that does make sense that he's just he heard it when he was a kid and has just kind of didn't hear it accurately in the first place. And then it has morphed. One of the things that really annoys me about this episode is they have the this is the only episode where they really do this super prominently of the ones that we watched for today. But the family asks him questions like to, you know, kind of clarify things. And they're so clearly prompted like it's just like why didn't you tell anyone (laughs) they're so uncomfortable like that you can tell that there's a producer like say this exact thing and they're like i don't really want and they're like just say it they're not even very close they haven't talked to him for years and then i can get on tv though yeah they just have like some they always have like one or two random people there at these weird intervention style storytellings where they're just like they don't know why they're there and they're just like you never told me anything i didn't know this was going on at all like there's always some people there that are like why is that person there are they part of the story it has this very like you know intervention like i need to tell you about my trauma and like we're you know we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk about this as a family feel but they don't really actually like flesh that out it's like they end every episode with like this is healing or this will never end. Like he ends the episode like, and I and I want I like called this meeting to let my daughter and wife know that I'm still being haunted and it'll never end. And they're all like, oh, I didn't know, Dad. And it's like, what? That that's common. Every single episode ends, <laughs> ends the same way. This, and it's still happening. Yeah. The other thing that I think I've noted, or I've noted for a lot of these um, episodes, is that. The majority of the episode is very, very focused on the individual's trauma. Like they talk about really horrifying things in a very, uh, you know, kind of confessional, like, you know, group therapy kind of way that are really super serious. You know, he talks about witnessing a murder. He talks about his dad beating him. He talks about being hit by a car on his bike, um, being a homeless runaway and supposedly dying in a parking lot uh and being like resuscitated these are all like extremely traumatic events that some have something to do with the haunted uh element of it others just 
are there for no reason, it seems like, other than to kind of just like almost like horrify the audience with with every bad thing that's ever happened to this person. And at first I thought, oh, maybe this show is trying to show how being haunted is kind of like a metaphor for like the ways in which our trauma continues to like impact our lives. And, you know, like the the ghost or is like a metaphor for all this, the trauma that these storytellers are talking about. And that would be meaningful, right? The name of the show is Haunted. There's like this quote that they show in the trailer that this guy in the first episode says, it's like, you know, I thought... Uh, he says, I thought houses were haunted, not people, Um, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe this is about like, you know, how, you know, ghosts are a metaphor for trauma. And then they have all, you know, they have all this content where they could make that the thesis of the show, but they just don't. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh yeah. Um, so, you know, he witnessed a murder and his dad beat him and then spooky ghost shows up and it's like a comic, like, like horror like b horror movie spooky ghost and then there's no closure like nothing like it just ends with like and i'm still haunted i just wanted to let you guys know like i'm still fucked and it's just like what like you're just watching this like what 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 is he gonna be okay like this is bad (laughs) bad and it's just like they have this huge missed opportunity where they could make this show about people like coping with their internal demons of their childhood trauma, which is a reoccurring theme of this show. Like, uh, you know, every episode has some pretty extreme trauma of the storyteller that is completely unrelated to the haunting. And they just don't touch it, just ignore it. Like they just have it in there as if that's as scary as as if that's like the same genre of being frightening to a person as spooky ghost in white. Like these are different genre. One's like goosebumps and the others is like, you know, watching a true crime documentary and like having, you know, like empathy and like being horrified that this like real people can do these things to other people. And the other genre is like spooky Halloween ghosts. And they just like put them together and they're like, they're both scary. Right guys. And it's like, no, this is so inappropriate. (laughs) yeah they're definitely (laughs) leaning towards the reality kind of like spooky scary it's so weird that they have like you said these intervention like things where they're just laying out these these heavy experiences and they're showing like an almost comical reenactment of his bathtub filling up with blood oh he's he's like actively crying the whole episode and (laughs) And then, then we get these you're right, the bathtub scene. Uh, this this show loves bathtubs. This is not the first or last bathtub we're gonna I, see. I have it multiple times in my notes. Bathtub trope, I call it. <laughs> over and over again. I also like it seems like a lot of times the visuals that they're showing too, like I'm like, did he say that off screen? And if so, like why didn't they have his narration over the scene like they just show stuff and you're like he didn't say he had a nightmare of seeing himself as a child in a bathtub like did they just make that part up and just show it to us to be spooky yeah i don't think they're ever actually talking about a bathtub when they show the bathtub scene (laughs) and it happens i think in every episode I do. I have one more note on this that i thought was funny and it's just the my general spookiness category uh ghosts will follow you if you move out of a house that's that's well known ghost law Mm -hmm. uh but if you 
tech if your heart stops and you technically die for like a minute then they're like uh that fair is fair i gotta <laughs> stop haunting you now i was supposed to haunt you until you died and then you died so you win um, i guess but also conveniently two days before this episode was filmed she came back and he's here to tell them all that what a coincidence yeah very also like definitely hasn't been in talks with the producers for probably several months about like this filming date and it just can be <laughs> like did he just like whip that out the producers were like whoa or did they like tell him to say that they're like yo can you make it like not like a healthy healing ending where you like talk about how your trauma's all better now because you met your wife and you had your daughter like can you make it kind of like it's never gonna stop because that's sort of the theme of our show the la the lady in white heard that he was going to be on the show and realized that he was still alive. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I want my moment in the spotlight. Um, also, one of the things I read on Reddit, you know, which is obviously like a very verified and important resource, <laughs> it's you know, fact checked, uh, is that it, someone brought up like that he, he had, they said that he died from dehydration um, and heat stroke. And that he was brought back by a defibrillator in the show and that that seemed like medically not plausible. Now, I'm not a doctor, but that's just like another kind of like, you know, fantastical element of the story where like they could probably fact check that. Right. Like or like that seems really serious for like a young man to have their heart stop. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But th they, they kind of glossed over like, you know, why he died or. Or like they also, you know, if it was like sort of unexplainable, like the doctors are just like, I guess it was this, like, we can't explain it. Like, they didn't f say that. Like, they weren't like, well, the doctors were like, didn't know why it happened. Like, they said dehydration, but like, they didn't seem sure. Like, they're just like, yeah, that's, that can happen. Like, I'm like, okay, so it's just normal for a teenager to just like die. <laughs> that's a classic doctor move. Like, well, oh, you seem fine now. <laughs> Go home. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. <sighs> That's all I have to say about that one. I would say it was really weird, but it's about to be knocked out of the fucking park <laughs> by this next one. Probably, I would say this has to be one of the most famous episodes of this show. Fucking Slaughterhouse, yeah. Oh my gosh, so season one, episode two, Slaughterhouse. Oh, all right, so let's uh, just do like a little summary. Um, it's about... Uh, growing up in a house with their father, who was a serial killer, and their mother, who was complicit, um, how they were subject to various types of physical and psychological abuse. Um, and then uh, later on, how this results in the house being haunted uh, and the nephew that lives in the house having supernatural experiences. Um, but, you know, that's just a kind of brief summary uh, but yeah, there's a lot that happens in this episode. I don't have a lot to say, but I have, I'm going to say it very loudly. <laughs> okay. I, it's, I don't know what else, uh, covering up Mert, I, let's start, let's start at the beginning, I guess. I want to start with, for some reason, one of the first things that the narrator says is that this house was built on, on a Native American burial ground. Is that what she said? I have I have the orange game first. I'm not sure if the, it came before <laughs> no, that, or after no, the that, orange. 
it comes before that. Okay. One of the first things she says is that this, you know, um, was built on a Native American burial ground. Seems plausible, I guess. I don't know that much about where Native American burial grounds in upstate New York are located. Um, Probably all but, over the place up there. Yeah, but it seems like in the 70s, that was a common horror trope. We started in 1975, you know. And, yeah, um, but the thing that I don't understand about that comment, um, is it never comes up again. It never comes up again. Like why that she said that, like in what way that was in any way relevant, like it has nothing to do with anything later on. So yeah. that, that was the weird starting point where she, she throws that in there and you're like, okay, maybe that's going to be related. Like this is going to be a, a story about how it's haunted. Cause they're not, you know, that kind of classic, you know, kind of racist trope um, <laughs> i feel no, like the the indian burial ground is like uh it's like a teaspoon of spooky honey that you can just kind of add to anything and yeah. it just makes it better oh yeah um so anyway the native american burial ground that's where we start never comes up again they just put the teaspoon of the native american burial ground in there to make it spooky and then we get um the second weird weird thing that makes no sense is the rolling oranges game. Yeah. <laughs> Her father, uh, so she, no, you, would you like to describe it? What's Go to on. describe? You roll an orange back and forth, and if you screw it up, he hits you. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, she sets up the game, like, as if this isn't in somehow like a normal game for children to play, but their, her father has made a kind of this sadistic punishment. She just kind of, she's like, yeah, he would just make us roll oranges. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not, that's not a normal game. Like, that's not like, that doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, why? Or, you know, and then also I was like, well, maybe they're putting this in here because later on an orange is going to roll and it's going to be like a haunting thing. No, never comes up again. Just rolling oranges are in there for no reason. Yeah. Well, you give the show a lot of credit. <laughs> Like, I was thinking, like, oh, they're setting some, they, you know, they got the Native American burial ground. I mean, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this, but okay. It's like a classic horror trope. They got this orange imagery. Okay, I was like, these things are going to come up later. They're going to be relevant in the story later on. Nope. Nope. Like, it was just a weird way for her to talk about her dad would hit them. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. All right. Well, we got the setup here of these two kind of spooky spooky teaspoons of of things that I think are going to come up later. Yeah. Never it, come up later. They talk about it like it's normal. And this was a different time. Yeah, it's 1975. I mean, they make this cabin that they live in. It's very unclear. One of the things I wrote is, what is their electricity situation? That because... that was my next note. I just want <laughs> one more note on the, the orange thing. I thought this was funny. I put it in parentheses. Practicing for Orange Olympics with a question mark. <laughs> like maybe he's like a tiger dad or something and he really wants them to bring home the orange gold or something. So the electricity situation yeah. is confusing in the reenactment. Yeah, this is, you said the 1970s. Did they say that specifically in the, the show or? So yeah, it's supposed to start in the 1970s. 70s so not that it's um, not plausible that you would have um like a cabin or something that 
used a fireplace um, or had, you know, didn't have electricity. But later on, when uh, after the murders start happening and uh, uh, Sam or um, what's her real name? Talilia. Um, when she finds the body, she turns on a light bulb in the basement. So I'm like, so they have electricity, but for some reason they've just been using candles this whole time. <laughs> I that this was what blew like was this uh did she tell them to do this or was this like a director's decision or something just for the oh, show? It was 100 percent the productor the production team's decision. Like they were just, just like, like this just... one episode, not gonna have any light bulbs, just candles forever. You know, like, they're supposed to be in, like, secluded rural New York. Like, first off, it gets really freaking cold there. So they probably wouldn't only have a fireplace for heat in the 70s. That doesn't really make... They might have a fireplace for supplemental heat, but that would be odd. And also, yeah, they just made that choice of the fireplace and all the candles, I guess, for production purposes to make it more spooky, which is a weird choice. But then later on, they show them turning on lights. So you're just like... Well, what was, <laughs> you can't have it both ways. You can't have her like bookily turn on a light bulb and see a dead body. And also earlier there was no electricity and it was not established that like there was a storm or something. It's a weird choice. And I don't even know who to blame. <laughs> um, I'm so confounded by that, 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 all the candles. I do have, um, so I'm I'm foggy on this. How did they lure people to the house? Because it it seemed like it was some kind of sexual thing. It did seem like it was a swingers thing, right? Yeah. Which I Um, guess makes sense for the 70s. But if I, if somebody invite, I'm not, I'm not into swinging. But if I was, and I walked into a candlelit house with children still awake, red flags all over the place. How did they, how did they fool anyone? It was the 70s. I mean, I guess people just, I don't know. Did she actually witness her dad killing this woman? Like, you know, there's, you know, this part, this plot point where the dad and, and the mom bring home these two young, this young couple. And then the narrator sees her dad kill the, the female um, traveler right. girl. And um, I'm like, did she actually see that? Or did like, she, she did the producers just describe that? Did she actually find the dead body or did the producer just put that? Like, I don't think she actually says whether or not yeah. um, she witnessed these things or the, if it's just being like shown as if she did. Um, so that, that, that part is really, it's really strange. Like it's very unclear to me, you know, they say again and again, like my dad was a serial killer but it's kind of unclear to me if like their dad was just like a very abusive person who was constantly threatening to kill them and saying that he's killed people before as an abuse tactic or if, and they just kind of internalize that and like really truly believe their dad was a killer or if he really was killing people and they were witnessing. Yeah. That, this. that first part makes more sense to me is that yeah. they, their, their child minds have just kind of embellished uh, his threats and abuse. That that seems plausible to me. Yeah, but they don't bring that. No, that's not implied at all. Like everything is presented to us as this is absolute fact. Like these children <laughs> yeah. were witnessing murders 
and uh, they felt trapped, they felt threatened, they felt like they couldn't tell anyone or do anything. They're very isolated. Apparently these kids don't go to school. I mean, that's never shown them going anywhere. Yes, also a note that I have. <laughs> they have no friends. Um, uh, my next note, do you have any, my next note is, it is 18 minutes in until we get the first mention of the supernatural. And these episodes are about 24 minutes long. Um, mm -hmm. So we have, you know, six minutes left in this episode. And this is the first mention of ghosts in a show that's supposed to be about haunting. Yeah, so the this is another common trope in the show that I've noticed is that because they focus so much energy on the children's trauma, often they don't actually get to the spooky Halloween stuff until very far into these short episodes. So I've made a yes. note, 18 minutes in is the first time we see supernatural thing happen, which is her believing that her dad is possessed by the devil because he is having like making guttural noises. Um, and yeah. then I, I have the specific quote that she says and why it confused me. She said, if the weather wasn't what he wanted it to be on any given day, he would pray to the devil. <laughs> and I don't know if that's literal. Like, like just like it's too rainy today. Uh, right. He just ha he hates overcast days, so he prays to the devil. Like, there's other you can just. I I couldn't tell what she meant by that. If it was like the weather is in like his general feeling or if it was the literal weather. Yeah. So then we kind of skip. We get a little bit of backstory about Jacob, the nephew, and how he was also traumatized. I don't know why Sadie... I'm, I'm traumatized by Jacob. <laughs> I don't understand why Sadie, who's the sister, like Jacob's mother, why, like they do not in any way explain. It seems like Sadie had moved out at some point, and they don't in any way explain like why Jacob would be allowed to go and hang out with serial killer grandpa or like why this, like it seemed like Sadie didn't live there anymore, but for some reason Jacob was like, they didn't explain why this relationship was happening. Like it was very confusing. Um, so I feel like that's really on the producers to not like make the story make sense. Like there's just no, you know, there could be explanations for this, but the way it's presented in the show is just like, and for some reason Sadie dropped her, you know, middle school age son off with serial grandpa serial killer serial grandpa that's what i just called serial killer grandpa so he could stab a deer together or whatever babysitters are expensive you gotta take what you can get i don't know so like they jump to this part with jacob um and then they kind of start to get to like the the current point so you think you're thinking like as a viewer wow, you know, all these horrible things happen to these people. Doesn't really seem like a lot of ghost stuff happened, but, you know, hopefully, you know, something's going to happen here where, like, you know, they're older now and the dad gets arrested and then maybe something spooky will happen in the house and they'll do something to help, like, his victims have peace or something. But no, of course that's not what happens because that would be a story arc with a conclusion and like leaving the viewers not confused and baffled about how the hell this got onto Netflix this mm -hmm. in this condition. Um, no, we find out that his grandma smothered the grandfather to death. And then instead of calling the police, she called Jacob to come. Jacob 
drove over, performed CPR, and then called 911, and then the ambulance took him away. And then grandma doesn't go to jail. Grandma goes to live with Sadie. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I kind of get the whole, like, okay, forget the fact that they apparently witnessed and, you know, all these murders when they were a child. Uh, but like, why do they never do anything as they never turn him in? Jacob says, I know there's bodies on my property that I own, but I'm not going to dig there. Like what? Call the police. What are you doing? And then, and then he like covers up his grandfather's murder and then admits it on TV. Like there's just so many crimes and he throws away all the evidence. Like he specifically talks about like moving into the house after grandma goes to Sadie's and like throwing everything away. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I I have a very cursory understanding of the legal system. Like I'm not a lawyer. It seems like this guy should be in jail for decades for all the shit that he just did. Like, I thought when they jumped to the current tense, it's going to talk about, like, how they, you know, participated in an investigation or something. But no, it's just like, yeah, so we basically never did anything. Um, and then we covered up grandma killing grandpa. And then we threw away all the evidence. True yeah. story. We're, uh, and we're going to tell it on t- TV. <laughs> Those are, like, mega crimes. Those are, like, big felonies. So I I looked into this because I was like, no. Either this didn't happen or the show is leading to these people being arrested, right? So I looked up Brett Patrick's Twitter because all the other accounts that I could find um, were like not necessarily on, they weren't on news sites that I recognized. So I wasn't sure if they're reputable sources. And then there were some Reddit threads about it. But uh, Brett Patrick, who is one of the uh, producers on the show, he said that they did contact the police with with the foot like with the footage with all the information um but like nothing has come of it so he this kind of contradiction where like some of the producers on the show are saying every these stories are true and we fact check them and we vet these people except um this one's probably not true because we turned it over to police and nothing's happened (laughs) Yeah, the the you handed the police a serial killer, and the police went, "Nah, no thanks." It's very strange that they're trying to pre- like present this as like a completely true story, and it's very clear that the people that are telling the story like committed crimes, and we get no closure about any kind of investigation, any kind of accountability, any kind of like, what about these victims? If this really happened, what about these victims' families? Like. They have been missing for decades. Like it's just we get no closure. Yeah, I I cannot all. I cannot feel skeptical or bad about being skeptical about this one because it's like then if you want people to believe you, go and dig up the bodies. You you know where they are, or let somebody else do it if you're too afraid of uh, Grandpa coming back from the dead or something. I don't know. Like, what are you afraid of now? Like we didn't really like fully talk about how they like sort of like later on or like, oh, he's grandpa was, you know, fucking around with the devil. And, uh, and like now the house is haunted because that's such an unimportant part of the show because they spend 18 minutes just talking about how grandpa's a serial killer and all of the, what I believe is really real trauma that they, they as children endured at the hands of their father. That part is, is, you know, uh, in my opinion, very genuine and, and very horrifying. And 
yeah, I don't the juxtaposition of this fantastic kind of fantastical tale that there's no way that these events could have actually happened because there would be evidence, there would be an investigation. And the very real trauma that these children suffered at the hands of what seems like an abusive father in an isolated setting. And then the just spooky Halloween bad reenactments. Like, it's just like, I don't know how to feel. It's just very, very jarring as it jumps back and forth between all these things. Yeah, it's so hard to care about <laughs> Satan and the ghosts when it it's when he threw out the evidence in multiple active murder cases. I have one note about the end of the episode where uh, the one woman says that they should call the fire department uh, to burn down the house, and that's not what the fire department does. <laughs> that's kind of the opposite of what the fire department does. I don't think you could call them to actively set a house on fire. Yeah, or like maybe don't burn the house that might still have evidence that the FBI needs. Yeah, give it over to the police. Is another option. (laughs) Um, You know, and like, so they kind of end the episode with like, you know, the narrator is saying, oh, you know, this is healing. Like, I'm glad we're finally talking about this. And then she's like, but we need to burn the house. Like, that's going to be like the final element. And then they just turn to Sadie and Sadie's like, (laughs) Sadie's like, burning won't kill the evil that's there it'll be with us forever like that's not the exact words but that's like the sentiment my favorite is right after she says that there's like a really awkward long pause like everybody's like uh did you seriously what, what? just say like come on what are you doing and and then literally the narrator goes now nah, we should just burn <laughs> it and then they like end the episode. <laughs> and i'm just like i'm sorry no end card about like we turn this over to the police and they're investigating, like, just like, we should burn it. We will never be free. Nah, we should just burn it. End of episode. <laughs> Roll credits. That's, that's all you get, folks. That's the end. So episode three. This one is, yeah, I guess, I feel like maybe we should have ended with episode two because this one is not nearly as controversial and exciting. But I feel like this is the first episode that we get that is actually mostly about a haunting and not exclusively about someone's horrific lifelong trauma. Um, yes. And then there's like a few spooky things. They, you know, this, there's actually a couple of jump scares in this. Um, they, they, you know, there's some classic spooky Halloween tropes, and there's nothing that happens in it that is su- super, super horrifying um, in terms of like hearing about someone else's trauma and like not being able to reconcile that with the spooky Halloween stuff. And like, it doesn't feel as much as like. Like sometimes it feels like these episodes are are almost like doing a discredit to the storyteller because you know they're talking about this really serious thing and then they're showing this spooky Halloween and it's you know it's super inappropriate and it feels disrespectful to the storyteller who's unloading all this. But this is actually, you know, I think this one has a pretty good mix of like this Aaron being a pretty genuine storyteller. She's the the first narrator that we get that's somewhat a believable narrator because a lot of what she's describing happens when she's a child. And I feel like when people are talking about their experiences with the supernatural when they're children, I just find that, I don't know, like a lot more genuine because I think that a lot of us when we're children, like we have, that is like when we have experiences that we've, 
you know, feel like maybe it was supernatural or, or maybe, you know, we saw something and we couldn't explain it or dreams melded with reality and we remember it as supernatural. So it's kind of like, I believe that this narrator believes everything that she's telling us and that, you know, in her recollection, everything happened as it happened. And that makes it her a lot more likable. Right. Um, and I think that's a good, and it's a, you know, it's a good mix of just like a kind of classic spooky story with some good visuals and nothing like horrifically traumatic and real happening in it that just makes you feel super uncomfortable that the producers are like mixing this in. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, the least offended by this one by far. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do feel like there is some stuff that is confusing choices by the producers. Okay. Um, one is they are kind of talking about the uncle and they keep bringing up like how he was sort of like interested in the occult and like the occult is like the, you know, hit, you know, whatever he was doing in the basement was the problem, but he kind of just sounded like a, you know, kind of like a typical like eighties goth teenager who just ended up being like a like addicted to drugs. Um, yeah. So that part is kind of funny. But then they sort of like kind of gloss over a little bit the fact that like her uncle like breaks into the house to uh, find drugs or steal stuff or something. And she finds him and then he grabs her and like shows her like a scary crawl space and tells her like that's where Satan lives. And it seems they portray it as very, you know, kind of violent and really scary. But, you know, what she's describing is pretty scary, too. And they sort of gloss over, like, I think that that's like the traumatic event that happens in this episode. Like, that's the thing that you're like, yeah, that can mess a kid up. Like, well, things do start like, before no. then, but they they are the, the uncle situation is very weird. Yeah. Um, and it starts very weird. Uh, as I have in my notes, they make summoning demons in your mom's basement scarier than it actually is. <laughs> uh, because that is what the uncle uh, supposedly had done, is he had gotten together with all of his drug friends, I guess, and summoned <laughs> Satan into the basement. And I found this particularly hard to be frightened by because I'm pretty sure we've done this before. I'm pretty sure we've gone into our friend's basement when we were teenagers and tried to summon Satan or something. And it was, yeah. it's, and it's lame. It's, you, you don't summon <laughs> Satan, obviously. Yeah. It's like, it's like, guys, I saw the craft. We are so doing witchcraft tonight. Yeah. I'm going to be like Nancy 100%. I bought a Ouija board from Toys R Us. <laughs> Let's get down. Slumber party at my house. Yeah, that's why the whole like occult brother stuff is just, it's just odd. It's like they throw that in there to kind of explain why it would be haunted. But I don't know. I just feel like we don't really need that. Yeah, if that was enough to get Satan to haunt somebody, like half the people in the world would be fucking haunted by now. It's, it's yeah. more likely than you think. Uh, after the uncle breaks in, um, there's another night where she wakes up and she's kind of startled and she goes to investigate again. Worked out so great the first time, you know, so got traumatized yeah. by her uncle. So why not try it again? Um, and she has a giant butcher's knife on the nightstand that she grabbed. 
and 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 is like investigating the house like she's like eight yeah there's just a giant butcher's knife that she just has on her nightstand to protect her from her uncle like it just doesn't i don't understand that choice i would not have thought of that when i was eight when i was eight i just oh i'll pull the blankets up and that'll protect me it's a very mature decision to carry around a, a, a cooking knife well, I'd also just want to clarify that the narrator, Aaron, like, does not describe this happening. They That is a, fully a choice of the producers in the reenactment. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Is to give the eight-year-old a butcher's knife, freaking, you know, Drew Barrymore in Scream style, like, walking around the house, going to stab a ghost. Let's move on. Right. Uh, I do also have in my notes that this is the first time that one of the parents of the spooked child is around to defend themselves. <laughs> so um, it, it's not particularly shocking that uh, there's no abusive parent in this one because she's sitting right next to her and that would be extremely awkward. Yeah, and she's just like, I mean, I think there's a lot of the same themes as there were in the first episodes where she was like, I just felt, you know, like nobody was listening to me. And I, you know, you know, basically like that that was like a neglectful thing that her mom wasn't like, yeah, there's definitely ghosts here. And her mom's just like, well, you know, I was trying to be age appropriate with you and like not make you more scared. Like lots of, you know, like very reasonable mom choice. And the daughter's like, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. And, and and the mom's just and the kid the kid like literally her face is just like sort of like yeah whatever like <laughs> she does not accept that excuse at all. <laughs> if you have a child and they tell you that they saw a ghost, the thing to do is not oh shit a ghost where get the knife. <laughs> yeah, like she's just like so pissed at her mom for not being like oh my god this is so like you know just validating yeah. every all her fears. Yes, the ghosts are real, are... my child. The chances are very good it's not a ghost and it, the kid is just bullshitting you. Yeah, and just it's probably not worth the like billion in a one uh, a one in a billion percent chance that uh it's an actual ghost and you just fucking traumatize them for no reason. Yeah. My next note is why don't they get a new TV? It seems like the TV is very broken for her entire life. Like the same TV <laughs> is there later. No, uh, but my, my real point about this is though, she never really mentions the TV like in her storytelling. And I'm wondering if that was just a producer's choice. Like TV static is spooky. She did mention it one time. I remember she ah. said that uh, she went to go check and the TV turned around uh, on. And she specifically said that there wasn't any remote that she could have stepped on. Oh, yeah, you're right. So she does mention it once, but it's reoccurring that this TV is just very broken and it only comes on with static. Yeah, even if it even if it was like haunted, they just buy it get a new one. Go to the thrift store. They're like three dollars. Um, I also I don't know if you noticed this, if you shut it off before this, but at the end, they have an end card where they just show like they make your TV staticky to be like, Ooh, yeah, I did see the, that. Ooh, spooky. This is important. This the, the TV was important. Remember the TV? Yeah. Ooh, it's a trope. And now your TV's haunted. It's just like, what? The the best part about that is uh all the like the 20-year-old kids watching Netflix these days, 
they've never seen TV static before. They, they don't know what that is. Yeah, they've got no idea. They're just like, I like, is this, is this music now? This is, I like this. Noise music is in now, you know? Right, they'd start dancing to it. <laughs> um, all right, so we got a bathtub in this. Yeah, we both have that in our note. Let's just, <laughs> I guess we'll skip ahead. <laughs> Just skip ahead, spooky bathtubs. Um, I I do want to say I don't know what it, why they think spooky bathtub scenes are so spooky, <laughs> and I think it's just because like when I'm in the bathtub, it's just that extra element of like, uh, I don't want to get out. I'm gonna be all cold. <laughs> I'm really comfortable right now. I don't want to be spooked. That would be uh, the worst. <laughs> I also don't understand why they always have the CGI steam coming off of the bathtub, like. Why is the bathtub scalding hot and everything <laughs> around it is like freezing cold? Like that's how you would create steam is there like radically different temperatures. And that's that's not how bathtubs work. That's how a pot of boiling water works. Um, yeah, but they, I saw that too. But I was like, hey, it's been a while since I've taken a bathtub in like the dead of winter. So I don't, <laughs> like I don't maybe, remember if steam yeah. comes off your body like that. I hate to break it to you, but steam does not come off your body unless you were getting out of like a scalding hot bath in like a freezing cold. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have second guessed myself because it seemed pretty <laughs> obvious when I saw it. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, but to if I could be charitable, maybe it's because the ghost made it colder. That's true. Oh. That's a thing that ghosts do. That's ghost law. Okay. So I think that one of the things that we're starting to to learn about with this show is that there's rules that they they plan a lot of tropes from from horror, especially from horror that came out around the time of the story or around the time of the episode being haunt, um filmed. Um, yeah. But there's also rules that are exclusively true in the world of haunted, and one is there's always steam coming off your body when you get out of the tub. And <laughs> there's there always of steam when there's to develop a that trope too. <laughs> yeah, there's a bathtub in every almost every episode. <laughs> Bathtubs are very important to haunted. They they paid a lot of money for that spooky clawfoot tub. They're not gonna they're gonna use it in every they're episode. Use it, damn it. <laughs> it's the most um, expensive prop they have. Also, the police do not exist in the world of haunted. Get hit by a car on your bike as a child, you just go to your friend's house. There's no police. Your dad's a serial killer, no police. No, they don't um, care. Your uncle breaks into your house and threatens you. Nope. Yeah, we're not gonna call the cops. So uh they're very anti-cop on haunted, which you know, maybe I appreciate, but it's a little uh it's a little weird that the cops never show up even when children get hit. Hit and run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not even anti-cop. It's like they don't even know that cops exist. <laughs> They're just like, there's no cops in the universe of Haunted. Maybe they all take place during the Purge. Mm-hmm. It's also, the extended universe of the, the producers. Everyone in Haunted has to move at least once, but normally three times. <laughs> right. So they can show that the ghost is, in, is haunting them and not the house. Yeah. yeah. That so makes lots, sense. Yeah. Lots of moving. They really missed an opportunity to get a sponsorship from U-Haul or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so the, my next note is about when they have the medium come. Mm, I have a couple of notes on the medium. 
friends going, so the medium cleansed the house with sage. And then they show the like reenactment and she's just stroking a feather. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, in what universe? I was like, oh, I forgot about the common trope of banishing ghosts with feather stroking. I don't know what makes... What makes less sense, ghosts or the ways to get rid of ghosts? <laughs> the other thing. Um, so, like, sage is, you know, like, burning sage. Like, you can buy these little sage bundles in a lot of places. Um, yeah. And I've seen it before. Like, I've burned it before, kind of. And um, it looks a very specific way. It's like a little bundle of sage that you burn, and it it, it kind of is like a giant incense stick. And they show her later, like they show her like cleansing with sage later, and she's just holding like a sprig of sage from the grocery store, like <laughs> like whipping it around. It's not on fire or anything, just like whipping it around. <laughs> like, like clearly the producers did no research whatsoever into like what burning sage was or what like how to cleanse a house. Like basically, like you know the lore around that and like how to do that. Like they just like heard cleansing a house must like what's the spookiest things like we can think of like what are witch things uh feathers and a sprig of sage from the freaking whole foods it's a newt eye <laughs> the feather stroking they're like i couldn't take it like i was just like losing my mind yeah it's maybe they blew maybe yeah it's the the bathtub put them over budget and I couldn't afford what like three dollars for a bundle of sage. I would like to name this episode Feather Stroking because that was my favorite thing in these three and every moment of the three episodes, my favorite thing was the feather stroking to get rid of the ghost. I, I missed that part because I was I was doing something else and I looked away for a second, so I didn't see the feather stroking. I did put um well, I mean, first of all, they're surprised that uh, the medium walks straight down into the basement, the spookiest place in the entire house. <laughs> like, why? That that could be a coincidence. Um, I wouldn't be startled if they walked straight into like, my dungeon. Uh, like, <laughs> this this seems like the most haunted place in the house. Like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, but I did just like because. This is a this is an ongoing thing in all haunting stories is they either bring in a priest or some kind of shaman to come in and cleanse the house. Yeah. If I was the devil, those are the first people I'd target because they could just like double the demon power in the house and those people wouldn't even realize. They're like, oh, what are you doing? And you're like drawing blood pentagrams. And you're like, oh, this to get rid of the ghosts. Obviously. <laughs> Like, if there was a double agent kind of sage burner in there, that would screw everything up. The devil would be at such an advantage. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like he thinks ahead, huh? Yeah, just get them, and then you can summon more demons instead of getting rid of the ones that you already got. What if, like, they had, like, more reoccurring themes on purpose, and the uh, medium came in, and she's like, have you tried dying for a couple minutes? That might help. Yeah, I did think about that, too, where, because they end this one the same way, where she's like, and it's not over. A few days ago, uh, the demon came back, and it's like, oh, well, why don't you just have a near-death experience, like, go get hit by a car and stop your heart for, like, a second. And her friend. 
that is a really funny part where she's like, and it came back and all her friends are like, well, first off, she says that she moved back in with her mom and all her friends apparently didn't know this because they all go like, what? Like they show their faces yeah. like, oh shit, we didn't know it was that bad. And then she says that the ghost is back and her friend is like, why don't you call a medium again? She's like, it won't work. Nothing yeah. will work. And I'm like, it worked the first time for like 10 years. She's very <laughs> indignant about it. Like, seems like a pretty reasonable suggestion. Yeah, totally reasonable because you just fucking did it. Like, it's not even like it's worked for me. It's like this worked for you. Yes. So they also end this episode with a little spooky and it'll never go away. So we have three episodes in a row. No closure. And um, yeah, just it'll never go away. Yeah, I did kind of like the the demon at the end, though. Yeah. You mean like the way that they had the makeup done? Yeah, and then she told him to go away, and he just, like, stood there. <laughs> she like, go away. He's like, nah. He's like, nah. So I'll stay here. <laughs> Yo, you got any, like, do you got any fish sticks? I'm kind of hungry. So what are you going to do, sage me again? <laughs> yeah, you got the wrong sage, you dumb. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it was. They had the wrong sage. That's why he's still there. The only other note that I have here is they show a little like kind of picture like just like a little like slideshow of pictures of Aaron and her mom kind of towards the end and in one of the pictures Aaron's all like hot topic goth but I want to point out like they're they're hugging and smiling but she put her mom in a kitty shirt so like the like the 50 year old mom has like a kitty shirt I don't know if you remember kitty you know like the new metal all girl band that was like very hot topic but I just like that was a really important part of the episode for me. It was just like Aaron's mom wearing a kitty shirt. <laughs> I don't remember kitty. It was very quick. Like I was just like, I like paused. I was like, is, is Aaron's mom wearing a kitty sweatshirt? <laughs> in, this, in this like memory picture. <laughs> she like definitely is. <laughs> Seems about right. That's all I have. Yeah, same. I... Uh, it was uh, it was a struggle to to suspend my disbelief enough to watch these again. <laughs> I think a lot of the people on the show, like they had something happen to them, and they they believe that these things happen. Like I think you know some of them seem like they're being really genuine, and you you feel bad for them. You know you have empathy and compassion for these for these people. What I my gripe with is that I do not understand what the thesis of this show is. Like, this is not, it's like an Unsolved Mysteries meets Intervention meets Goosebumps. Like, it's just, I I don't understand. It doesn't click for me. Like, they're having these soulful intervention. Everyone's sitting in a circle. Let's talk about our trauma. And then this is inter, you know, spliced with these, like, the worst scenes in American horror story, like that are very like the most like spooky Halloween stuff. And then, yeah, like they just don't do any storytelling. Like they just don't convey to the audience in a, in a show that's about stories, the producers don't like make a story happen for you. And they don't convey to the audience, like what we're supposed to learn from this or what we're supposed to take away or like why we watched this. You know, it's it, it just left on an open ending every time, which is that you just 
wasted, you know, being invested in these people for the last 24 minutes, because now you just get to feel bad that they're just haunted for the rest of their lives. And it's even worse because these are real people like talking about their real experiences. Like the, the blend of like spooky Halloween supernatural and like true crime is just not okay. And I don't understand what the producers were thinking, how they like marketed, they marketed this show. Like I watched all the trailers and they marketed this show as this is a spooky Halloween show that is about spooky Halloween monsters, but they're true stories. They did not market it as, hey, you're going to hear about like some of the most horrible things that can happen to a person from the person they happen to. And you're going to hear about like really graphic true crime. And also there's a spooky demon. <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard to tell what they're going for. I, I'm not scared by uh, the spooky demon stuff and uh, any generosity I could offer. It was obliterated by the second episode in terms of believing a lot of the stories. Um. So I, I I don't I don't know. I don't get anything out of it. I think the thing that I can take away from it and like what is if the producers like if I was going to do an edit on this and go back, I think what we do have is we have people really genuinely talking about their trauma and confronting their family about it. And I think that that's the only part of the show that really like resonated with me. And it's a very genuine, kind of heart-wrenching thing. And then instead of like taking, you know, that and doing something with it, they just shoehorn in, oh, and also there's a ghost. And also we're going to do this very silly reenactment of that ghost. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like they they had some good content. There was some good interview content there, but they just and they put it in the show for some reason, but they just don't do anything with it. They don't doesn't yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. I just feel uncomfortable the whole time because I feel like it's doing a disservice to these people that are like opening up about their trauma in a very genuine way and it's like the show is kind of shoehorning in all the spooky stuff and some of it's like really campy it's uh yeah they're throttling the line between like a, a genuine show about trauma and um just trying to meet their ghostly quota at the same time yeah it's it a doesn't work it's, it's a mashup that shouldn't happen that's my opinion. Choose a lane. <laughs> Those two things just don't go together. So next week, if we continue to watch this show, we're going to get to watch Why one not? of my favorite. Huh? Why not? Yeah, let's finish it. Um, yeah, we're going to get to watch one of my favorite episodes. Um, and, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. So it'll, it'll give you a nice little idea for what your sweetie might want which is stealing a gravestone and giving it to your girlfriend as a gift. Season oh, finale. That <laughs> yeah, that's the season finale. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, something to look forward to. <laughs>
Yeah. I, what I what I'm not looking forward to is the one about the church camp. Oh, that Maybe was it, so bad. Maybe yeah, we we'll just skip that one. We might. I have to skip that one. There's no ghosts in it, so I don't see why we should talk about it. <laughs> no, I think it's important um, because I think at the end of this, I want to have like a like a larger conversation about like why this show fails in every way. And that episode is a very important reason why this show fails, I think. Um when you have a show that should be an investigation, <laughs> like a legal investigation, yeah, you know what that's I bad. want. Have you seen like Leah Remini's Scientology show on Netflix yet? No. Well, first off, it's wonderful. It's an investigative show where she's like, you know, looking into the crimes of Scientologists and the people, you know, trying to like help some of these people get closure. I want like Leah Remini, like on this show, like investigating these crimes and like helping these people get closure. Somebody should do it. <laughs> Apparently the cops aren't. Apparently none of the people involved are. <laughs> yeah, everyone's, yeah, no, this show is not about closure. This show is not about healing. This show is about how can we use your trauma as part of our spooky Halloween story. Like there is no way these people that were on the show are happy about how this came out. Like I would be very surprised if they're like, oh yeah, I'm totally cool with that. If I, I just picked a random person on Reddit, they would have investigated those murders more than anybody in that story, family members involved and the police combined. <laughs> They uh, they did. I mean, if you've been on the Reddit for for, for slaughterhouse, yes. there's a lot of there's a lot of entry. I didn't get through the whole thing. That's why I wanted to watch this one first because I think it's all good and fun to like watch, you know, like a ghost investigative story, and for you and me to like debate, like, you know, are ghosts real or not, or like watch the producers like be ridiculous and like clearly like be like jumping at nothing. But I think what mm. like I want to watch the show because. It's just so freaking weird. It's just like so not okay. And I do not understand how they got renewed for a second season. It is anomalous. Yeah. I mean, I think they're canceled now because this this was because of the murders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, got, they got canceled because, well, you know, he's got to go make more. They got to go make more Purge movies. Yeah. Those are doing just as well. Yeah. No. I, I didn't know. Did you know that there was a, um, I've been learning that they're, uh, I've been watching the Jenny Nicholson uh, <laughs> videos. I did not know there was so much One Direction uh, mashup with the Purge fan fiction out there. It's very popular, yeah. Yeah, I've never read it, but um, that's good to know. I guess, you know, if I need, need a laugh sometime. This is, this is how the podcast is going to end, by the way. This is just going to trail off and fade out. <laughs> Yeah, just like, so when we're done watching Haunted, we're just going to read you guys some One Direction Purge fan fiction to yes. uplift your spirits I, because I'm we're so gonna sorry. I'm not going to do that. You can go ahead. <laughs> I just feel, I don't know. I, I, and I also want to start out strong, just being like Netflix never sponsor us. Let's just start off real strong. They <laughs> <laughs> don't sponsor something. anybody. They sponsor my favorite murder. Do they really? Yeah, for the new Night, um, Night Stalker. Uh, Netflix uh, sh original show it, they had an ad on my favorite murder this oh. week. yeah I haven't watched that yet um, I, I got 
you know, because it's actual true crime and there's no spooky <laughs> Halloween monsters and right, the police yeah. are in it. So, you know, why would I watch that? But I put a bloody bathtub in here. Maybe <laughs> I'll think about it. They, nobody even, their bodies aren't even smoking because they took a bath. This is so <laughs> unrealistic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, should we like say our names or something? Or we're just going to like not, I mean, I guess people don't need to know who we are because one has a lady voice and one has a boy voice. So it's pretty easy to tell us apart. <laughs> I, I just, I, the way that I always approach, I just want to be cavalier, just dump it on, not put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> we're just going to be like no intro. Like it just starts like, Today, we just start talking about it. Like, we don't even, like, we're like two minutes in before we even mention we're talking about Haunted. No, I, I do like that it just it just kind of fades in and fades out. Like, you're not even, it's not even a, a professional podcast or anything. You just happened upon somebody else's conversation. You're just, like, sitting behind us in a diner. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa, what are these people talking about? Yeah, I kind of like that idea. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good.